Good to see you tonight. We're thankful that you're here. So we have an opportunity again to be together in studying God's Word and worshiping together. I invite you to uh, uh, get your Bible and join us. We had the Scripture from Psalm 34 and we will uh, allude to that and come back to that as we uh, get into our, our study this evening about prayer and specifically just asking a fundamental question, why pray? And the reason this has come up and decided to put some things together on this is recently I, I was it was related that a, uh, a Christian was heard to say, not here, but uh, nevertheless, that this Christian said, I, I prayed for my wife to live and not die of cancer, but she died anyway. So what's the use in praying? Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, most likely that's his grief talking. At the same time, it reminds us, it reminded me anyway, that we must not lose sight of why we pray. Uh, that that uh, there are some very fundamental reasons for prayer in our lives. Uh, that that uh, even when the, pr- the answer is not as we desire, uh, that, uh, that the answers are... are uh, what we need, and uh, that our faith must continue to be anchored in the God who hears and answers our prayers. Uh, prayer, uh, in, in, in posing that, we need to remember that question, well, what's the use in praying? Well, prayer is not an escape hatch. Uh, a lot of folks view it that way, I know, but it's really not an escape hatch for the unfaithful. Know, that that uh, uh, I, that I can just pray and and voila everything's uh, everything's uh, new and rosy. It, it, it's not an escape hatch. Um, it's not presented that way in the scriptures. Now I understand. First John one says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So. So prayer becomes an avenue of the repentant heart to access, uh, for the Christian to access the, the, the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. So, but, it, but that's very different than this, this idea of, of an escape hatch uh, in, 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 uh, for, for the unfaithful one. Don't pray, don't think about prayer, but then when something, something troublesome happens, then I turn to God in prayer. Well, um, that's, that's not, uh, that, that's a, uh, that, that views prayer as a gimmick, and it's not in the least a gimmick. Prayer uh, is not a wish list that God must fulfill. It's not like you know we're not we're not taking a list to Santa Claus and and uh, you know and and uh, uh, saying, well, God, you've got to do this because I'm asking you to do it. Um, it's not a it's not a wish list demanding um, to be filled, and then when it's not filled, then then why even ask? Is is not not the response that that we ought to have as Christians. So when somebody expresses that, they need help. They need to be strengthened. They need to be perhaps instructed, and they need to be exhorted and encouraged. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I pray that that particular brother was getting that help. As I was kind of asked, well, what do you do from here with that? And I try to well give some encouragement, give some instruction. Help to see that that prayer is an expression of our trust and our dependency upon our Father. That that uh, it is is it really is in prayer we are expressing a persistent trust in God. Luke 
11, uh, is, we'll come back to the first part of this chapter in Luke 11 in a minute, where Jesus taught His disciples to pray. But part of His teaching about prayer there in verses 5-8 through 8 of Luke 11 was persistence in prayer. About, you know, the man who had a friend who came at midnight and said, give me three loaves of bread. I have, you know, so a friend has come and he's traveling and I don't have anything to give him. And, and he, you know, he, he, he goes to his neighbor and, and says, give me some bread so I can feed him. And, and, and the fellow says, go back home. I'm in bed. My family's in bed. What are you doing disturbing me? But Jesus uses that to illustrate that because of the man's persistence, the fellow got up and gave him all that he gave him as much as he needed. Well, his point was not about bread. His point was about persistence in prayer, about about continuing in prayer, understanding that there is a uh, that is our Father that we are depending upon, uh, and and uh, and so we bring our petitions, our our uh, requests, our pleadings to Him. Uh, and that he responds in Acts eighteen and verse. I'm sorry, Luke eighteen and verse one. Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart, not become discouraged. We're not to become discouraged in prayer, and I think that's the you know the 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 uh, the willingness to persevere. And now he he used the widow uh, that continually came before the judge uh, seeking justice. Uh, and, and he said, God will avenge his elect who cry out to him day and night. God will respond. Uh, and uh, and uh, he, they will be cared for by him. Uh, so this is our, the faith with which we pray. And we'll, we'll allude to and talk about some of that as we go through this. So I just want us to just, just ask this basic question, why pray? And, and uh, the Bible comes back with many different answers, uh, or, or a collection of answers to that fundamental question. Let's just review them here for a moment. We pray because Jesus taught His disciples to pray. And we are His disciples. We want to follow Jesus. And so when Jesus taught His disciples to pray, then He's teaching us that we ought to pray. In Luke 11, and in verse 1, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And so here is, here is Jesus being requested, first of all, praying himself. Jesus prayed often. You read through his life, you see that sometimes he prayed all night. Sometimes he was he was continually in prayer, and so seeing that his disciples said, "Teach us." John was teaching his followers, so so teach us. And he did when he said, "When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses or our sins, for we also forgive everyone." who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Here's the model prayer. It's called the Lord's Prayer. It's the model prayer. It, it's, it is a model given by Jesus in, in turning our attention to uh, God our Father, to uh, His sovereignty, to His plan and purpose, 
to the provisions He gives us every day, to uh, the the uh, forgiveness that He offers and that He supplies for the protection against sin that He is capable of giving us, and for the uh, that we might be uh, have escape and freedom from and and protection from sin and evil. Uh, Jesus taught us to be persistent as He goes on in that text, 5-8, that we ought not become discouraged, Luke 18 and verse 1. Uh, we pray because Jesus taught us to pray. And so when I say, well, why, why pray? I pray to follow the teaching of Jesus. Because Jesus teaches me to pray. And I want to follow Him. And so I pray. Now, I pray because, or we pray because we've been commanded to pray. Pray without ceasing is a commandment. First Thessalonians five and verse seventeen. Now, these are just this is just one of the reasons we pray. It's not the only reason, but but we've been commanded to do it. That that in prayer we're showing respect for our Father. Just as surely as the child shows respect for the parent in making requests of the parents in an honorable way, we show respect for our Father by following His commandment to continually be in prayer. Continue steadfastly in prayer, Romans 12 and verse 12 says. So, so prayer is to be a, a figure point, a... a, a, a a, a um, well, a, a point of of really what our character is, of what our life is about, is that we are in prayer, that we are speaking to God regularly and often. Not not only when we eat, not only when we meet in worship, but that prayer is a fundamental part of. Our expressions of adoration to God, our expressions of confession of sin to God, expressions of thanksgiving to God, and expressions of supplications, of intercessions uh, and requests being made to God. All of those things are because God's commanded it of us. And if we're going to be the followers of Jesus, then we in love obey His commandments. It's not some compulsory uh, imposition, but it's the it is the ready response of the child to the father, depending upon the father, trusting in the father uh, that he will hear and he will respond to those requests. Why do we pray? Well, because it shows our faith in God. Go back to Psalm thirty-four. In our reading this evening, Psalm 34, 15-19, you see this throughout that 34th Psalm, uh, and I encourage the, uh, a broader reading of all of that Psalm uh, as, as one of the Psalms that, that really helps us to learn what it means to fear God. Verse 11, he said, Come, you children, listen to me, I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. You want to learn how to fear God? Well, uh, part of that is is trusting that God hears and answers our prayers. He says God's eyes are on the righteous. His ears are open to their cry. He, the Lord is responsive. He sees. He hears. Uh, he, 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 he reacts. He responds 
He uh, extends the blessing just as the parent does to the child. We, we want our children to come to us not in a demanding, give me this, give me that, no, but in a, in a righteous, honorable, respectful way. And the parent is very ready and willing to do what's in the best interest of the child. More on that in just a minute. You see, just like the child depends upon the parent, we depend upon God. And we pray because we, because we depend upon God. We, 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 it's it, it's not, not some rote thing that we do because we have to do it. It's because we depend upon God. So to what degree are we depending upon God in our life? Really, is, is when I ask, well, why pray? Or if I ask, am I praying? Uh, am I continuing steadfastly in prayer? Is, 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 am I depending on God? Or have, have I attained a spot in my life where I'm, I'm self-reliant? I, I depend on myself and, and rarely do I think about really relying upon God in the situations of my life. If that's the case, then we surely do need to do some repenting, some changing of our heart to come back to the fundamental, fundamental expression of faith that prayer is. Faith uh, or prayer expresses our dependency, our trust, our reliance upon God. In Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. It is there. He views he views God's hearing and answering and responding to prayer as as a treasure house waiting to be opened, uh, available there. The treasure there is. If you'll just ask, it'll be given. If you'll knock, uh, you know, seek it, you'll find. If you just knock, it'll be opened to you. Uh, we, we, it, James, James talked about a, one of the problems that brethren were, were having because they were, he says, you ask and don't receive because you ask amiss and you spend it in your pleasures. We're going to look at the motive behind our asking as well. Is our motive in our asking dependence on God or is it um, this escape hatch, you know, this, this wish list, uh, this gimmick, this requirement, this ritual? You know, uh, if prayer is just a ritual to us, then we need to come back and learn the model prayer. We need to spend some time with what Jesus teaches us about how to pray. Because He said, when you pray, okay? And then He, he models a prayer for us. So, so, depending upon God, trusting in God, prayer, that's why we pray. We pray... Without doubt, Jesus used a, uh, a situation near the end of his life there in Matthew 21 uh, where he saw a fig tree. He was hungry. He wanted some, some figs. And he came up to the fig tree and it was barren. And, and, uh, uh, he, and he said, let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately it withered away. Now, that might well be a figure of the Jewish nation and its rejection of Messiah of Him and, and the things that were going on there. But Jesus also used that because uh, in this respect, the disciples said, well, how, how did it so soon wither away? And Jesus made an application of, surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, 
You not only do what's done to this fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. The apostles were about to engage in a work where they were going to have to rely upon God. They were going to, and he says, you depend upon the Lord. You ask, believing, and you'll receive. Now, now, and, and we see that in the book of Acts repeatedly, their prayers to God were to strengthen them to accomplish the purposes God gave them. Um, God hadn't told us our purpose is to move a mountain to the sea, but He has told us that prayer is effective and prayer works. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much in its working. There is power in prayer. But we have to pray without doubt for that to be accomplished. And that's what he was teaching them. And, and the principle is for us as well. In James 1, James makes the application there. Uh, says in verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and does not, uh, and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. So trust, faith, Belief. That is a, a firm assurance. So when we pray, we pray not with doubt, but with expectation that God hears and God responds. Because we depend on Him. Because if He, if he doesn't hear and answer the prayer that we pray, then who is able to? Who is able to, to hear and answer the prayers that we pray if not God? You see, He and He alone is our Father. And He is the one we turn to. He is the one we depend upon continually. And prayer is an expression of that trust that we have in God. As the, the widow mentioned in First First Timothy 5, Timothy said, or Paul told Timothy, now she who is really a widow and left alone trusts in God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. She continues in prayers and supplications day and night. Because that's her dependency. That's all that she had no one else. Well, God says, recognize me as the fundamental source for all that you need. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, Jesus would say. Prayer expresses that faith, that dependency, that recognition, and a life lived in that, in that direction. Oh, why pray? Because God hears us. It's not like we're praying to the ceiling. Faithful Christians in prayer, he says his, that Psalm said, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to their cry. He hears us. You back up to Psalm 34, verse 4. It said, I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. When we seek the Lord, He will be found. First Peter 3 and 12, he makes that application to Christians. You say, well, the psalm, that, was, that wasn't written to Christians. That's true. The application is made by the apostle in 1 Peter 3. And in verse 12, he quotes it. And he says, He that would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, his lips that they speak no guile. Let him seek the Lord, uh, seek peace and pursue it, because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. He quotes this passage. So, so we pray because God hears us. 
First John 5, verse 14, gives us some insight into, into the matter of God hearing us uh, and answering us. But first of all, look at verse 14 about hearing us. It says, this is the confidence that we have in Him. Boldness. We have boldness in Christ that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Okay? Our confidence is that He gives attention to us when we ask. When we ask according to His will. When our, when our petitions and our supplications are respectful and recognition of His will, and, in, and that, that He attends those prayers, he, he, we, have his, we have the attention of God Almighty. Now that's pretty impressive that God promises that He will give you His attention. Pretty, pretty amazing. Actually, when we think about the enormity of God in contrast to us, and yet this is how important we are to Him as His children. Of course, remember, prayer is a spiritual blessing of Christians. Prayer, prayer is, is provided the child of God to speak to the Father. Right? So prayer is, uh, is, is not a blessing for the reprobate, it's a spiritual blessing in Christ. We, we didn't state that earlier, but we assume we, we want to make it now and be sure that we, we don't are not under the false assumption that I, just anybody out there in the world, that prayer is just a, out there for everybody. Prayer is a blessing for God's people. It's a blessing for Christians. And so we ask according to His will. If I'm not living according to His will, and I turn to God in prayer, what confidence can I have? What boldness can I have that, that God's going to give attention to me? But He's going to give attention to you and to me when, when we're living by faith, when we're trusting in God, when we're following His Word and praying consistent with His will. That's why Christians pray. God hears us. We're confident of that. And the next verse says we're confident that He answers. In fact, let's go back to chapter 3 and then we'll come back to chapter 5 of 1 John. 1 John 3.22 Whatever we ask, we receive from Him. Because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Here's why we know God answers us. Why we are confident. Why we pray. Those when we obey Him, when we respect, respect Him, we keep His commandments, we're doing the things that please Him, then we receive what we ask from Him. Oh boy, every time I want candy, then I'm going to get candy. <laughs> no. No more than every time the child asks the parents for candy, the parent gives them candy. But that child's going to always get an answer that's for the good of the child. And you see... We, when we ask according to God's will, we're going to get a good answer. That's according to that will. That's consistent with that will. And we need to see the answer as good. If we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. And this is where it all will begin to come together here in just a moment as we think about why pray and, and when the answers don't seem to mesh with what we're reading right now. You see, he says, 
We have our petitions. Why? When, when we pray according to His will, when we ask according to His will, He hears us. We're bold. We're assured of that. We know He hears us. We know we have the petition. Now, is that the same as saying every time I ask for candy, I get candy? No. Because it's not always the parent's will that the child have candy. Can we expect that it's always God's will that I have candy? It's just because I want it. It's what God wants for me. You see that? I mean, that's, you know, but, but really, I mean, that, that seems rather silly, but kind of the way people think about prayer and God. And so when the prayer didn't answer, didn't come back the way we want it, well, why pray at all? Why should I ever come to you, Dad? Mom, you never give me what I want. Well, that's not true. But that's how a child acts. Because a child's got to learn that life's not all about candy, right? So, so, so why would we think that way about God? We've got to learn to respect God and obey His will, ask according to His will, and, have, and when we ask according to His will, we have boldness to know He's going to answer and it's going to be good for us. That's a test of faith. Because you see, we pray because prayer keeps our focus on God and on others instead of on ourselves. You know when we stop praying? It's when we get consumed with ourselves. Then we stop praying. Funny how that is. Or maybe not so funny. See? It's when we, when we focus on God that we're praying. Look at, look at the verse. Familiar passage. Philippians 4.6 Be anxious for nothing. When does anxiety arise? When we focus on ourselves in a situation and it distracts us from what we ought to be. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, so God's peace will guard our hearts when we will pray in everything rather than be consumed within ourselves and, and all of that life sucked out of us because of anxiety and, and fear and despair. Faithful prayer replaces anxiety with thankfulness and peace. That verse teaches us. It keeps us focused on God. It keeps us heading in the right direction. It keeps us thinking about others instead of, uh, of elevating ourselves. 1 Thessalonians 5, 25, uh, Paul said, pray for us. Brethren, pray for us. Uh, 1 Timothy 2, make supplications for, for all men. I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and those in authority that we may lead a quiet, peaceable life in godliness and reverence. Pray for, when we pray for others, then it, it helps us keep ourselves in perspective and realize that we're supposed to be loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves rather than forgetting about prayer or being consumed with ourselves and the anxieties 
that come with that. Prayer, you see, pray, confess your sins one for another and pray one for another that you may be healed. Praying for one another is an expression of faith that we have in our Father who loves all of us and who wants the best for every one of us. And so every one of us praying for each other brings abundant blessing from our Father to all of us. Now, that turns our attention to God's answers. God's answers to our prayers. Well, first of all, we've got we've to commit ourselves to this truth. God's answers are good. God's answers to our prayers are good. Not some of the time, not most of the time, but all of the time. God's answers are good. Let's go back to Matthew 7. That's that passage where Jesus said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek, ask, seek, and knock. You know, ask, it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. You go down to, uh, to uh, verse 9. What man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? God gives good things to those who ask Him. God's answers are good. And that we can take to the bank. That is the basis of our trust and faith. That's what we rely upon. Is that why pray? Because I know God's going to hear an answer, and His answer is good. He gives good gifts to those who ask Him. And you say, well, how can that be good? When when a mate dies, how can that be good? When there's a trial faith that is a result. Well, let's look at that. How can it be good that Jesus went to the cross? In the garden, Jesus said, If it be possible, let this cup pass from Me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as Thou, as You will. See, God's answers are according to His will. And we pray according to His will. And so His answers are good. Jesus was committed to the Father's will. When we pray, are we really committed to the Father's will? Or are we committed to our own will? If I'm praying, committed to my own will, and that doesn't come about, then I'm going to say, why pray at all? Because I haven't really yet committed myself to God's will. Have I? Or just as long as it harmonizes with mine instead of me harmonizing to Him. Jesus sacrificed. Sacrificially, He said, not as I will, but as Your will be done. Your will be done. He submitted Himself to the Father's will and He was steadfast in that submission. So God's gifts, God's answers are good because God's will is good. And He always answers according to His will. Now go back to 1 John 5. You see how that fits in with what John said? Right there. We read that a minute ago. This is the confidence we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. If we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have asked of Him. Now, you say, okay, well, 
That all sounds good, Joe, but but you know, I pray that uh, you know, I pray that a bad circumstance doesn't happen to to somebody I love, and it happens anyway. Uh, or or I pray that somebody makes right choices, and and they they make the wrong choices. So so how's all that square? Well, of course you got to bring in the element of free will, don't you? In there, God's not going to force His will on anybody. See, but He's going to answer us. I just want to look back in terms of His answering according to His will. His answers will not, and they do not, violate His His word. All right, and, and, and as we pray, we express our agreement with His will, don't we? I mean, we pray, "Thy will be done." We pray in in the name of Jesus Christ. We end our prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. What do we mean by that? We mean we respect the authority of Jesus, and we assent to, we agree with. His rule over us in all things. We say amen. We say so be it. But Jesus taught us to pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done. So what about when a loved one dies? When I've been praying that that loved one survives? And the answer is no. How do I respond to that? How do we react to that? Well, here's part of the answer, I think. You see, God's will is that we both live and die. There's a time for both. Remember the Ecclesiastes chapter 3? There's a time for everything. There's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. So, so God has set in order the reality of life and death. Of course, death, physical death, consequence of sin entering into the world. And, and so, there's a time to live and there'll be a time to die. And, and although we may wish someone to live longer than they actually live, obviously we would desire that. It is not, a, uh, it is not something that, that uh, impugns the will of God. Uh, when someone dies. In fact, it's entirely consistent with reality of life here on this earth. You see, the, the whole book of Ecclesiastes is teaching us to so arrange our life that we understand that there are seasons of life uh, from the beginning to the end and that we must learn in all those seasons to fear God and keep His commandments. And so so when, when and how death comes is left to God's providence and to the uncertainties of life. Um, and the book of Ecclesiastes explains much of that. Gives us some insight into that. So, so when, when, when death comes to a loved one that we're praying that death doesn't come to, it's not that God didn't hear us and that God didn't answer us. We need to think a little bit deeper for just a moment about that. Let's think a little bit about it this way. Death's sorrow may be exactly what I need at that moment in my life to secure my faith in God. Have we ever thought about it that way? That perhaps that moment of sorrow is exactly what God knows I need to depend upon Him more, to strengthen my resolve of faith in Him. For me to learn and know that I'm not in control. 
that God is and that I depend upon Him and His will to be done in my feeble effort of walking by faith and obeying His will. You see, Jesus, in the moment of trial and sorrow, learned obedience. Now, if Jesus could learn how to obey in suffering and sorrow, could it be that when the answer is not as we expect and we face sorrow as a result, that it's a moment for us to learn? It's a moment for us to grow? It's a moment for us to follow the example of Jesus? You see rather than say, well, why pray? Jesus didn't think that way, did He? And I know that's not the way He wants us to think. Again, pain. The pain that comes, not just because of physical sorrows, but let's talk about spiritual sorrows. Let's talk about friends and family that fall away. And that we pray earnestly about. And that we continue to pray earnestly for. And and, and can we begin to see that perhaps that pain is not taken away at this moment to teach me something. To help me learn something. To help me more completely depend upon God. Maybe it's physical, but maybe it's spiritual. And you see, everybody's going to make their choice. God's not going to answer a prayer against His will. And God says each person has a choice. They choose to follow Him or not. And He's not going to force anybody to follow Him. We understand that. So what do I do then when... when, when, What do we all do when a Christian falls away from God and we pray about it and we earnestly plead to God about it that they will return to Him? Well, we keep on praying. We keep on depending upon God. We keep on trusting Him. But in the the meantime, also, we content ourselves and comfort ourselves and have the peace of God surround our heart in knowing that His grace is sufficient for us. And that when we are weak, then we're made strong by the power of Jesus Christ. That's what's taught in 2 Corinthians 12, 8-10. And that's how you survive when a loved one falls away from God, is you keep praying, God keeps hearing your prayer, God works, and God provides opportunities for the loved ones, even now, to change their hearts, to change their lives. And in that moment, where it seems the answer is no, is an opportunity for you to get stronger. For you to be the the means by which It will be an influence and an opportunity to call that person back to the faith, back to salvation. 2 Corinthians 12, 8-10 says, Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that that it might depart from me, His thorn in the flesh. He said, My grace, He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You see, we got, we got to learn just how weak we are and how dependent we are on the power of God. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I'll boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know, Paul said, I, I, 
I will, I will understand that in my moment of, of, of ailment in the flesh, I'm trusting in something more powerful. I'm trusting in Jesus. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So, so when it seems the answer is no and we can't understand why it's no, we just need to kind of change our perspective. Because you see, in that very moment, there's an answer coming back at me that I can, in which I can rely upon the power and presence of God and keep my faith and keep my trust in Him. Because see, God's answers are good. God's answers are according to His will. God's answers will help you and me be faithful to Him. A joyful blessing that comes to us as a result of prayer is a time for humble thanksgiving. It's not a time for boastful self-congratulations. When God does answer in the affirmative, and He's answered many of our prayers. It's a time to acknowledge Him. It's a time to recognize and in everything give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5, after He said, pray without ceasing, He said, in everything give thanks. So in every prayer, there's a, there's a way to be thankful. Jesus was thankful God's will was done. Even in His moment of trial, He was thankful. And we can be too. Faith leads us to accept God's answers. That's what Paul did. He wanted the thorn, the physical ailment, thorn in the flesh. He wanted this ailment removed, but but he was he accepted the answer, and he saw God's grace even in that moment. So, so why pray? Why pray? Well, you see, because prayer demonstrates our dependency upon God. It's not about making demands to God. It's about our earnest appeal to God who knows our, our requests before we ask them, who knows our needs better than we know ourselves. But we show our faith, our dependency upon Him. As a, and so we make hopeful requests. We make diligent requests. We make persistent requests. We give thanks in prayer all intended to demonstrate and to show that this is our faith. This is our faith in action when we pray. And when we put, and as we put our faith into action and keep on praying, we're not disappointed. He hears us. He answers us. His answers are going to accomplish His purposes. And we want to be sure that we are Agents to help accomplish His purpose in our lives and the lives of others. So we keep on praying. I came across a poem as we close this that I, I think I shared with you. It's been a long time ago. My notes show it's been at least 10 years, so you might or might not remember this. The title of the, prayer, of the poem is No Time to Pray. And it says, I knelt to pray but not for long. I had too much to do. I had to hurry and get to work for bills would soon be due. So I knelt and said a hurried prayer and jumped up off my knees. My Christian duty was now done. My soul could rest at ease. 
All day long I had no time to spread a word of cheer. No time to speak of Christ to friends. They'd laugh at me, I'd fear. No time, no time. Too much to do. That was my constant cry. No time to give to souls in need, but at last the time, the time to die. I went before the Lord. I came and I stood with downcast eyes. For in His hands, God held a book. It was the book of life. God looked into His book and said, Your name I cannot find. I once was going to write it down, but never found the time. Let's be sure we find the time to pray. Pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. God will hear us. God will answer according to His will, and it will be a good answer. It will be an answer that furthers His purposes, accomplishes those things that He will accomplish when we, when we agree with Him and give our hearts and our lives to following His will. And that's what I hope that the lesson has helped us to recommit ourselves to doing uh, as His people. If you're not a Christian tonight, we urge you to come on by faith to repent of your sins, confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and to be baptized for the remission of your sins. If you're a Christian and you've not been walking by faith, you haven't been trusting God, then we encourage you to, to, to make a change right now. Repent of sin that's in your life. To be restored to, to faithful duty. He'll forgive and we'll repent and confess our sins in prayer. He'll hear us and He'll cleanse us. If we can help you, won't you come while we stand and sing?